Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Today is the day you will lose fat. Come see Dr. T at NJ Diet. Easiest diet I've ever done. It's changed my life. Come see Dr. T. Using blood work and DNA testing. 1-855-5-NJ-DIET and njdiet.com. Change your life in only 40 days with NJ Diet. Artist Nino Gray has been killing it for years. He's one half of Glass City with Matthew M80, a part of the supergroup Almighty, which consisted of Cappadonna, Palenaza, Bronze Nazareth, M80 as well, and Cannabis, and now has released his newest album, No Peace for Kings. Nino Gray, welcome to the library with Tim Heineke. Thank you for coming. Thank you for coming back. Yo, yo, what's up, Tim? Nah, man. Always good to stop and talk to the brother. You too, man. You too. I, I see you doing good things, doing good things. Um, so, real quick, before we get to the office of the, the new album, No Peace for Kings. Um, when you were part of this supergroup with Almighty, you know, Almighty, um, what was kind of the biggest, I guess, lesson you learned uh, about the collabor when you were collaborating with these artists? And then what was kind of what what surprised you the most on when collaborating with this artist? Uh, that's a good question. Um, probably, I have to say myself because there was a couple. There was a couple a couple guys in the group that I, I grew up listening to as well. And I'd kind of soaked up shit from and, uh, or soaked things up from, excuse me. And, uh, it was weird to kind of apply that the way I'd listened and grown and then be there with these guys. We were kind of creating the next blueprint for, for kids to listen to, you know? So it was surreal for me, but, uh, I think the biggest lesson I got was, just always be prepared. Like if you have to get ready, you're already late for the game. Um, just always stay on your toes. If, if, if writing is your thing, then don't ever stop. Like don't start going to play pickup basketball and shit because your pen will slide. Mm. And in that one month that you let that slide, there's 150 guys out there that are, you know, bottom of the bottom of the barrel hungry. They in the gutter. Right. And, uh, they haven't stopped. They haven't set that pen down, you know? So, um, I think the biggest thing I learned was just always be ready, always be prepared, stay focused, because you never know when a chance comes, quite literally. Was there anything that's kind of surprised you uh, for, you know, you said you, you kind of listened to these guys, so they're, you know, you, they're in, obviously you know, some sort of inspiration, inspirational for you. Was there anything that surprised you or didn't surprise you in terms of like their their actual writing process or, you know, or 
something they did in the the you know the booth uh, during the recording process. I kind of like, oh shit, I could take a you know maybe I, should, I could write that down or wow, I didn't realize they did that. Yeah, um, I guess it's it's kind of like it's kind of like when people say like don't meet your idols because yeah, yeah. it kind of takes away that that superhero or that that kind of legendary shell. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, but for me, it wasn't in a it wasn't in a negative space. It was really good. It was like they're not they're not these like uh, unattainable feats that they've that they created. Like they're just humans like me. You right. know, they get shot, they bleed, they gotta they gotta unzip their pants and take a piss. You know right. what I mean? So at the end of the day, like just another dude who's on his game or another lady who is on her game. So, um, I think that was that was probably the best part of it was seeing that they were that they were just focused and working on their craft as hard as the next guy, you know, um, they had established the name, but they didn't stop there. It was like, now I got it. You know, now I got the audience that I want. Let me keep their entertained. Let me keep them entertained, you know? So, cool. Um, this turn, yeah. obviously the turn of the album, uh, no peace for Kings. Um, uh, before telling me kind of the, yeah. the story behind the name of the album, um, what have how and you know you you've released music before how and how is this album different for you and and what's the similarities as well of this album in terms of your artistic process gotcha um well i would have to say it's similar because i kind of and it's funny because right now there's this huge uh i kind of want to say resurgence of quote-unquote golden era hip-hop going on um where there's a lot of underground guys doing the loops and, and uh, the the soulful kind of things that we grew up listening to that I think a lot of hip-hop misses nowadays. Mm-hmm. Not that the other stuff's not good or it has its place in the facet of hip-hop, you know, but um, like Westside and Griselda and, you know, uh, Makami and Fahim and a couple of these more like real intelligent guys, they're kind of taking it back to where it was before. And uh, I just felt like, oh, well, it's, you know, hip-hop that has some meanings, that has some substance, is starting to get light again. I should probably push the pedal to the metal because mm-hmm. my my albums have always been like that. It's always been food for thought. I've always been, you know, you know from listening to the yeah. stuff, I've always been pretty pretty well hip-hop rooted and um, didn't, didn't stray far away. So to see that it's coming full circle again is very cool. And, you know, the catalog will speak for itself. People will go back and hear it and be like, oh, he's been doing this the whole time. You know, it's just really how they feel. So I think it'll, I think in that in that way it helps because it's going to cut out a lot of bullshit. Right. People are going to get online and be like, oh, this dude dropped three albums and he sounded like Lil Pump. <laughs> and then, you know, 2018, 19 hits and now he's rapping on everything. It sounds like he got it from Alchemist in the basement. So they're going to be like, oh, he's jumping on a bandwagon. But for the, the real hip hop heads who listen and, and kind of absorb lyrics and take in the art, they're going to be like, oh, this guy's about it, you know? So I feel like that, that puts me a little cut above the rest on that on that part. Uh, the album title, No Peace for Kings, uh, how did you come up with it? And was that something that came up after the album was recorded, during the process, or kind of did you have, all right, this is the name of the album, this is like my, 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 my blackboard, right? Like I got the name of the album and this is kind of what I'm doing underneath it. Yeah, right. So for me, at least in my process, I found as I've gotten older, I'm starting to be, uh, real conceptual. So like I'll get a, I'll get a title or something and I work under that. So, uh, no peace for Kings definitely was, was there before the album. Um, it's kind of like a motto. It's just like, I studied, 
you know, when I was younger and shit. And yeah, there's people still do this, kids. You know, we still hit the books. We still we still do the knowledge and shit. But uh, <laughs> you, I, I used to study about royalty and about kings and the dukes and the earls and shit and how they used to carry themselves and how they gained notoriety and, uh, you know, they took care of everyone just based off their name and shit and the respect that it carried. And um, it, it kind of became like my M.O., you know, it came my, became my modus operandi for how I handled myself in life and how I wanted the people around me to be. So um, there was a guy, I don't remember who, on some super nerd shit, but it was like 14th century or something. He said that, uh, you know, kings, you can find a crown on the, on the floor anywhere. You just have to look for the nearest battle. But the thing that a king can't keep is peace, you know, because mm-hmm. somebody always wants to take your spot. So I feel like that really that really rung out true even nowadays, kind of like you got to stay on your shit because there's always somebody there that's, that's willing to take your spot and do it better, you know. Mm-hmm. So um, if you really want to be a king, then you got to do it and... Most of the times that means you got to be ready for battle at all times. So no peace for kings is like a mind state. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? It's just uh, always be prepared, and you don't have to get prepared, you know? Right. Uh, the track, yeah. uh, track Bonabati, uh, I think I can't game speak today. Uh, uh, you spit uh, music like uh, music like to shit, shit in your veins and make your brain float. Uh, for you, what's kind of what's the purpose of music for you, and what what do you think hip-hop's responsibility is for the people? Well, I mean, first and foremost, I really think that the music, you've got to respect it. And, and I think that's a big difference between anybody who, say, kind of cut their teeth listening to hip-hop um, in the last 15 years versus the youngins in the generations coming out now. They kind of look at it as an escape or a hustle. Not to say that none of us did or any of our, our old heads did, too, but there was always a little sense of we know where we came from um, and, and we have to kind of carry it and keep it at a pinnacle. You know, we can't, we can't let it get unpolished. We got to spit shine that shit all the time. Um, I feel like a lot of the, the attitude now is like, I don't care about the legacy. What can it do for me? Like how much money am I going to get before I'm done? Mm-hmm. And I think that changes a lot of the outcome on the music, they go into it writing for a different reason. So it doesn't come out the same as say that dude who's hungry and, and on the block every day and just wants you to hear his voice. The other dude done made $10 million and all he talk about is fucking beer pong and smoking weed or something. You know what I'm saying? Right, right. So it, it's, it's really, um, it's really about the, uh, the perspective. And I think the perspective is just real fucked up because they don't respect it. So to answer the question, I think music, it needs to, it needs to guide and not like corny, like you need to be a, a teacher or nothing, but you can't, you can't willingly put out information that you know, these kids are going to follow and, and feel okay about it. Mm-hmm. Um, so I definitely feel like if I say anything, I'm definitely trying to motivate or enlighten, you know what I'm saying? Or, or shed light on something that maybe didn't have a voice before. Or if it did have a voice that wasn't very loud, I'm just trying to lend my lungs to it, um, and just and just add that that angle, you know, because there's there's something for everybody on every project, and I try to I try to I try to remember you can't be everything for everyone at the same time. Uh, Hip hop artists, I think, forget that, and they want to be like the shining jewel and all that, but that's not possible. You just got to take care of what you focused on. So for me. 
you know, obviously I want to make some money, right. but I want to be known. I want to be known for enlightening and I can hold my head high when I go to a venue and, and cats, you know, they dap me up and they're like, Hey man, you know, I went through a, you know, I went through a tough time and I listened to your shit a lot. It kind of kept me focused. It kept me from making some bad decisions. You know, when I hear stuff like that, it makes it all worth it. So I guess hip hop is to help. And you, and and you have a line like that in the in the track "No Peace for Kings." You rhyme, trying to spread a message to my people instead of loading up and grabbing weapons for the evil. Um, yeah. So yeah. when and so more more on what you were just talking about, but when when did you decide, kind of this was you know for you this was going to be the purpose, uh, you know, for you to use your art. Like when was that moment where you're like, oh yeah, I got to you know this is why I want to do it. This is. I'm not going to go whatever the, I mean, you're, you're obviously lyrically gifted enough to do the quote unquote easier route. Right. Yeah. Um, right. Right. When did you decide that's not what I'm, that's not the route I'm taking. I'm going this way. It was, I mean, and, and early on too, I did a lot of that. I was like, Oh, let me try this. Let me dabble here. Let's see what works. What do the fans want? And that was being more business-like. And that's what I'm saying now a little later in my career, I feel like my perspective is, is, changed just slightly and not that it's a skew it's just uh i now value different things more and i think before i was trying to i was trying to spread a message but i had to get i had to get my notoriety for it i think i've arrived at the point now where it's if you are if you're around and you hear my music and you catch that message then great but i'm definitely not here to force it on anybody who doesn't want to hear it right if all you if all you're trying to do is party and kick it cool make sure your kids is fed right, right. If, if all you want to do is spread knowledge that's cool but you know don't be that dude at the party no one wants to hang out with because 10 minutes in you're talking about why make america great again hats are the illuminati and all this shit come on man like right. you can't you know what i mean yeah yeah, yeah hey, tim people just have to they have to not take everything so serious sometimes and that's hard to remember um but yeah for me i think it was around the time when I started to kind of break underground and I got, um, like when I hooked up with Matt, we got into the almighty project. Um, I think being around them, that caliber of artists like Capadonna and, um, hitting a couple spots with him and like talking with biz and definitely bronze up in Detroit where we did the majority of our recording. Um, shout outs to, uh, the wise men up there. Um, I, I learned that, these guys don't do it for that, that reason. They don't do it to be on TV. They don't do it to, to be famous. They do it because they love it. So, um, I just had to kind of step away from the other side of it, the business side. So when it comes to that kind of stuff now, I'm just like, all right, I'm going to deal with all this kind of business stuff now. So it's all kind of left brain, do it all at once. And then when it's time for art and for music, I don't deal with nothing else. You know, I just kind of pour myself into it and, uh, and I run with it from there. So yeah, I would say probably meeting a couple of the other guys who were in my book legendary and they treated it the same way I was. That let me know I was on the right path. So I was like, I'm just going to keep going, push forward. On the track, uh, old, all gold visions, you spit uh search for that road that will make me whole, that will ease my troubles. That would feed my family. Um, what role does your family play in your art and how do you kind of, you draw inspiration from them? Oh man. My family, oh man, they're everything. Um, as far as inspiration, I mean, on a daily, like, you know, 
like even my youngest now, and when you know you're running around chasing some tags, and they're they're kind of they're kind of learning the world and and experience it for the first time as you're witnessing it. And uh, for me, that's been profound, you know, as a father. So I I learn as much from them as I think I let on to them, maybe even more. And uh, it just reminds me of of how important the things that I'm doing are, or how important the choices I'm making are because of what it's going to affect later or all the people it's going to affect. So, you know, I don't move just as one person now. I'm, I'm moving for five or six, mm-hmm. you know, I'm making plans for five or six. So yeah, they're everything, man. They're a huge inspiration. Um, I would definitely have to say it's my family. And then after that, probably the good old fashioned artist in me, the, the lyricist in me just hears good music and I want to compete, you know, like all these other guys are, damn, his shit sounds good. That sounds good. Well, that's not trash. Why are all these people talking about there's no hip-hop going on? Like, what the hell? Like, it's time to go. Let's do it. There's tons going on. So, yeah, I get inspired by tons of things, but definitely family's foremost, you know? Uh, you know, you, you've made this move to uh, to truly become an independent hip-hop artist. I mean, you, you know, um, talk about that move and kind of what, what does it mean in this day and age? For, I mean, what, what does it mean in this day and age actually to be a true hip, independent hip hop artist? Man, um, the game, like the game changes like a, every week. You know what I'm saying? Like, uh, it's just there's there's constantly some new loopholes and and uh, red tape little things people are figuring out online that are kind of pushing them towards stardom or uh, kind of giving them the cheat codes to get into the game and shit and if you're not, if you don't lift lift your head and look around every once in a while, it doesn't matter how good your product is. If if you're not playing on the same scale or in the same arena, you know it don't matter if you're Drake. If 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 uh, if you're not following the same uh, like streaming and the ability for people to have it at the drop of a dime, um, you know you're not gonna you're not gonna see those millions of sales or those streams and shit. Um, as far as as far as independent, I think for me it was all about most most labels are looking at somebody who's already got a huge following and they get a couple million views on something uh, on a on a video, right? So right. they don't they don't want to put a lot of money into an artist who maybe isn't as uh, marketable. So for me, cutting out the label is like, well, I'm also going to cut out the bullshit fans. This mm-hmm. is going to be the exact kind of people that I want to reach. Um, and because there's no other people, I can, I can even charge less and I'll be able to do more. You know, I could give them more art. I can give them more in, in view and in depth things about the art. Cause I feel if too many people start to put their hands on it, unfortunately it does lose a little bit of its uh, direction. Mm-hmm. And that's not always for the bad thing. Sometimes the artist doesn't know his head from his ass and he needs that. Um, but other times it can become so overhandled that it's no longer natural. You know what I mean? So I feel, I feel the, the big, the big shift in it for me was, I mean, if the fans want it, they're going to come and get it, you know, like Virgil and them and, and, and off white, they, they drop something and within an hour on the store, you know, the shit's sold out or right. in the next couple of days, you know, there's people doing resale and hitting stock X and they, you know, they're selling it for a thousand and twelve hundred, fifteen hundred, all this crazy shit. But if they want it, they're gonna go get it, Tim. Yeah. They're gonna find it. Yeah. You know? 
So if, if, if I don't, if I cut out the middleman and I don't leave these hackers to go online and be like, oh yeah, I bought 10 copies. Now I can charge out the ass. He's not even really listening to the, to the art. But, but Bob, who's only got 20 bucks can come straight to my site and get himself the vinyl and come with a CD. So now he's got something to look at and enjoy for his collection. He's got something to listen to and he don't feel like he got fleeced. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So for me, it, it was, I guess for me, it's about immediate fan connection. Like, you know, if, if anybody buys anything from me, there's no manager, there's no uh, secretary. Like I'm reading the emails, I'm answering, I'm shipping shit. You know what I'm saying? Like it's, it's straight there. So, um, yeah, I, I just looked at it like until I have those huge numbers, and then, the, you know, if, if labels want to come and start throwing numbers at me, then we deal with that then. But as of right now, I'm happy where I'm at. I feel like I feel like independence is very good because it will give strength back to the listeners. It will allow them to kind of to choose what's hot again right. instead of having to listen to the top 40 and, you know, uh, uh, Clear Channel and uh, iHeartRadio, which is all owned by certain shit, and, you know, they're going to pump this and not play this as much and curve these dudes. And uh, it's all it's all a huge game. So any any way you can find to, to cut out as many of those steps as possible between you and the fans, I'm all for. So independent it is. <laughs> <laughs> I want to go back to that. Let's go back to the track. Uh, uh, oh, oh, God! All gold visions. Um, because I feel like yeah, this yeah. is a, this kind of a track that you well, you just really lay stuff out there, and in a weird way for me, it was a. Even though I've heard your other work, uh, it's a kind of a for me a way of you kind of reintroducing yourself to people. Um, oh, right on. Right um, on. I and I heard, the beat's amazing. It's like kind of. Maybe a violin, but could be a synthesizer. Uh, not sure. Uh, but just, if you could just talk about how this track came together and kind of where were you when you wrote it, kind of what was your mindset, uh, and how did this, like, the idea for the track come to you? Gotcha. Um, all Gold Visions, man. Um, shout out to Verbal. Fat Sound Records, the home team. Uh, Verbal produced that. Um, I couldn't tell you exactly what it is either, man, but he be, like, I don't know. It could be... 1965 Albania vinyl. It could be, <laughs> you would never know, man. Right, right. So uh, he's a genius with that. So shouts verb on the production. Um, All Gold Visions was kind of like exactly that. Like I I had some dreams that, some dreams you kind of wake up from. You didn't quite remember the linear activity of the dream, but you know there was these few important things. And a few of the important things that I remember from this dream was like, I remember feeling very motivated and I remember everything was gold. It was like, like Egyptian shit, like Pharaoh shit. Yeah. Like I was in a sarcophagus and it was lined in gold and the room was gold and my, my, my goblets was gold. Everything is gold. And, uh, it, it kind of brought me back to the whole no peace for Kings thing and my MO. And it was like, I've got to talk about it. So, I think my translation for all gold visions now is like back in the day, I think a king really, it was gold. You really wanted to have gold. Mm. Now it's like you want to have all those things. Other people, uh, they covet like gold, you know what I'm saying? Like fine jewelry. And for me, a big one is peace of mind and, and being able to, to sleep at night and feel, feel I did right by, by my people as a man, you know, my team's not hungry. My family's good. My wife is happy. You know, none of my dudes are out there having to carry guns and look over their shoulders and shit. 
like it's it's about the vision of having that life where it's all gold, where everything is taken care of and it fits in its place. And uh, unfortunately, we bought a new house, um, you know, new car, took on a couple things. We got into the label stuff with Verb and uh, life was just tumultuous, man. It was moving fast, a lot going on. So I was like, I got to I got to vent. I got to let this out. And uh, all gold visions kind of became that. It was like a therapy session, man. Nice. The most cost-effective therapy session ever. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, it was it was just me kind of airing out my my insecurities and also my strengths. What I know I could do, what I know is possible, what I'm afraid could go wrong, and uh, and hope that you know somebody out there listening hears it, and even if it's just one line, and they're like, "Damn, I I feel like that," you mm-hmm. know. Or I wanted to say that to my manager yesterday at Burger King, that fat motherfucker. Or, you know, I'm 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 tired of fleecing these motherfuckers on the on the Nasdaq. I gotta quit this shit. I I gotta find a job that lets me go home at night and I'm happy. You know what I mean? So, if even one line made somebody go shit, I get it. I understand. That's the struggle. Okay, I'm not I'm not so bad off. Mm-hmm. This motherfucker's going through it too. That's what it's all about. Uh, there's track No to Run. You spit over, uh, it's kind of a great piano beat. It kind of reminded me of a Nightmare on Elm Street, you know, vibe. Uh, oh, nice, nice. <laughs> uh, what's your, uh, if you just talk about track a little bit, but what also, what is your favorite beat instrument to uh, spit over? And, and for this track, how does the piano kind of contribute or, you know, heighten, I guess, your lyrics um, and, and the purpose of this track? Gotcha. And that's Tim, man. He be dissecting. He got the ear, man. <laughs> All you motherfuckers listening, you want somebody to to give you the real rundown. You you try and get Tim to bless you and put his ears on oh, something, man. He knows. Too kind. Thank you, man. Thank you. Hey, but so uh, nowhere to run. Um, I, I guess to answer your first question, like the things that pop me on a beat is I really like original um, arrangement, but like live live instrumentation. If it's brass. Like, I'm a sucker for horns. I'm a sucker for bugles. Uh, any kind of very orchestral arrangement. Um, you know, like Gershwin, old school kind of piano, melodic stuff. Um, just stuff that you know a human had to interpret. Mm-hmm. It's not like Mike Will made it where the it sounds like the piano keys could have been just programmed to a loop. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's it's got to sound like someone played it. There was there was some life in it, and then I breathed my life into it. Um, I know that probably sounds mad crazy, but that that's how I look at it. Right, um, no. And uh, nowhere to run. I guess I guess for me, when I heard when I heard the the early turn of that beat, I thought this is dramatic. This is very um, this is very high speed, high energy. I felt like it was like a you know, if there was a new action movie coming out, this would be in the background while the bus was on fire and they were shooting the, the Max out the back. You know what I'm saying? Like, I was like, this is this is paint. This is art right here. I need to make something very, um, very dramatic, very visceral, very visual. So, nowhere to run came about um, solely based off the beat mm. because it made me feel uh, it made me feel like there was a pressure going on. You know, like. You might have done something wrong. Every phone call you're thinking there's somebody looking for you or the cops or you got the bubble guts and shit. You're checking the windows and shit, telling all the homies to lay low for a couple of days, shit like that. 
So I'm like, uh, let's see, for the people who have never experienced this, this walk of life, how can I shed light on that? So I just came very aggressive and, uh, and spoke about situations that I've been through or stories that I've heard from my fellow people. And some of the big, some of the biggest ones was, um, it always came back to them feeling like they had nowhere else to go. Mm. So they had to do what they had to do. So I felt like that was a, that was a very poignant point to make. So I'm like, let me make that the chorus. And, uh, you know, they give it a nice cornerstone for the structure. And then from there I was able to build and, and kind of paint. But yeah, that's, again, that's kind of how I said earlier, Tim, like, um, if I'm not, uh, that's my baby girl. If I'm not, uh, if I'm not trying to enlighten or if I'm not trying to educate, I'm definitely trying to spread light on something that maybe um, you're not familiar with or other walks of life maybe aren't as in tune with, you know, maybe it'll change perspective on things for somebody or um, hearing that kind of subject matter, maybe will shed some light on shit to them. Maybe they'll treat somebody different the next day after they've heard this, you know, like he might not just be from the hood he might just be fucked up and trying to get by. He could just be like me, or he could be ready to fucking take my wallet, man. Right. There's, there's nowhere to run. It's this man, man. So, yeah, I wanted that song to be like that, dramatic. I wanted it to be kind of scary and shit. So I think the, I think the piano gave it that life. If it wasn't for that piano, that song would have came out totally different. You know what I mean? Definitely. Um, yeah. This is my uh, so final question. Uh, I appreciate thank you. I appreciate everything your time, your everything you're doing. This, this speaking with Nino Gray, new album, No Peace for Kings. Um, you're so, so Nino, you 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 balance the kind of the nine to five job, but I know with you it wasn't nine to five. It was like super early in the morning, <laughs> uh, yeah. uh, full time type stuff. And now you're doing this art as your nine to five job. This is you know twenty four seven. This is just you. Um, what lyrics or or what lyrics or 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 just a lyric of yours had you kind of step back say forget the 9 to 5 job i am crazy 100% talented so i am going to focus on this 100% uh of the art like what lyrics of yours kind of they kind of an oh shit moment like yeah i'm fucking good you know um right right um shit man <clears throat> I know one of my my personal favorites, um, and it was also one of those like too soon kind of moments. Yeah. Um, but a lot of a lot of competitive hip hop is about being the first one to strike on on uh, subject matter. So I figured while I had the chance, um, I better do it. So let me tell you a story about this. So we did uh, the track for Almighty um, called FAM, and it's uh, Cool G raps on the hook. I think it's me. I think it's Biz, uh, Bronze, AD, and me. And uh, my last line is, um, you guys, you rappers nowadays are more like M and D12. You mm. lack the proof. Damn. And it's like, because they're always talking like DJ Khaled, we're number one in the booth. Right. But you're more like M and D12. You're lacking the proof. And it ended the verse they they cut the beat and everything it becomes this very brutal like abrupt drop and uh it's a hard it's just heavy fucking line and we're in detroit recording you know what i'm saying so i i kind of was like ah, i hope they don't take this long this is supposed to be just meant as a competitive lyrical thing you know what i'm saying but right. uh yeah i gotta say that was probably my craziest line 
I think I felt like, yeah, if I'm given the right pedestal and people are listening, like they're not going to be able to not want to go and check out my shit right. if they like hip-hop because I'm going to give somebody, everybody's going to hear something on my album they like. That's my promise. So, yeah, I'm the, I'm the dude that told all you rappers that you lacking the proof like Eminem and D12, so get hip, motherfucker almighty. <laughs> <laughs> what was the, I mean, actually, what was the reaction to that line? Uh, I mean, was it I, like I got hit? I got a lot of inboxes about it, like the first, and I'm not going to stunt either. It was probably like the first couple of days or the first week that it dropped. Like after that, it went none. But I got a, I probably got like 30, 40 people hit me up like, "Yo, why you do that to M and D twelve? You know?" And I'm like, <laughs> "I did. I'm nobody, man. I'm I'm just trying to make a name. So I came with as much controversy as possible. So, um." You know, I think they all understood that at the end of the the conversations and shit that I held with them. But, you know, I, I made sure in any open facet or public facet to let them know, like, that's just competing, man. I'm just pushing the culture, you know. Nice. Of course, I got nothing against M and D12. I mean, they're some of the most cunning, like, motivated, well-to-do lyricists that ever done it, you know. So um, I just thought it was it was a very poignant line. And I knew if I said it now, no one else could. So it's very hard to get a line that no one else has said in hip hop, especially nowadays. Um, so yeah, that's a feather in my hat. That's a big ass, uh, that's a big ass picture of my face and all diamonds on the dookie chain. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right, real quick. How, of course, uh, new album is no peace for Kings. How, of course, do people cop the album, follow what you're doing and all that good stuff? Yes. Yes. Uh, no peace for Kings available now digital release on Bandcamp. You can go to highendartsupply.bandcamp.com and get you a copy of that. Um, you look through Bandcamp, you'll also find all of my other um, solo discography under Nino Gray. You can follow me on Twitter, at Nino Gray. On Instagram, Nino to the Gray. Um, there's all types of shit on YouTube you could check out. But if you really want to get it from the horse's mouth, just hit me up. Cool. He's Nino Gray, new album, No Peace for Kings. Uh, great, great album. Uh, Nino, as always, it's great to have you on the library with Tim Heineke. Absolutely. Take care, Tim. Talk to you soon, bud. Talk, talk to you soon, man. Peace. Peace. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.